Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Com and definitely check out those shows as well. Annabelle Moynihan is the author of Nora Goes Off Script, a novel. It is her debut novel, and it came out in June 2022 from G.P. Putnam Sons. Writing it was probably the most fun she's ever had. Pre-Nora, Annabelle wrote fiction for young adults and a column for not-so-young adults. She grew up in Los Angeles, and nearly every one of her relatives still lives in Southern California. She attended Duke University, where she studied English, and has an MBA from the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, and had a brief history as an investment banker. She also used to teach novel writing at the Writing Institute at Sarah Lawrence College. She now lives in the suburbs of New York City with her husband, three sons, and a little dog who sheds. Welcome, Annabelle. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Nora Goes Off Script. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. As you have seen on Instagram and everywhere else, I've been raving about your book. I absolutely loved it. It's like my favorite book I've read. I literally was ta- I was talking to my whole Zibby Books team, like, and I was like, this is like the book I want to publish. <laughs> like, I'm like, here are all the things that I like about it that make it so great, you know? So, which I'm happy to go through. But yeah, I just, it's, it's so great when a book is a source of entertainment and that you feel like you cannot like get away from it and you're in it the whole time and it involves like every sense and you cry and you laugh and like you're just in it and it's so great and you're so funny. And anyway, I just, I just loved it. I could listen to this all day. I just, <laughs> the nicest thing I ever heard. But I'll tell you, I wrote this book. I wrote it during quarantine. So I was in it. You know what I mean? I wrote this book all at once because I didn't have anything else to do. And I felt so joyful while I was writing it. So I started waking up earlier and earlier every single day to like check on Leo. What's going on with Nora? Like I just, I couldn't get up early enough to just 
get back to it. So I hope that comes across, but I, it was, it was the most fun I've ever had was writing this book. That's awesome. And hardly anybody says the most fun they ever had was during quarantine. So, right. I know. I feel kind of weird about it actually, because that was a terrible thing, but it's great that the writing process itself was joyful. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a nice time for introverts, you know, just to be kind of locked down in your head. Yeah. Wait, so go back. I have your last book because I read this and I told you, does this Volvo make my butt look big? Which I am also going to post when I go to LA next and I can stand next to my Volvo and show people, but I will not show them my butt, but I will show them the Volvo in the book. Yes. Yes. Always show the Volvo. (laughs) And I love Lee Woodruff, by the way. She's, I love her. Anyway. So I know more about you and that you've been writing a while, but take us back, like go tell, tell me the beginning. You grew up in LA, like start from there. Just give me, oh your, just give me the story, the overview. This is a 52 year long story. Okay. I grew up in LA and I, my ancestors all grew up in LA. My family's been there for a long time and I really wanted to be a writer and I went to Duke university. They had a really good English program and I took all the writing classes and I was on track to fulfill my dream. And I, when I graduated from college, all of my friends, Lizzie included, wanted to move to New York City. And it turns out you cannot get a job writing books. That's not a thing. And it was, I, you know, I needed food and I needed shelter. So I got a job working in banking and turned completely away from this thing that I wanted to do. And I had it in my head that I would, you know, work during the day and then write at night because somebody on TV did that. (laughs) Banking isn't that kind of job. Like you're just, you work during the day and you work at night. So I did that and I enjoyed it. And I ended up going to business school and I met my husband there and I graduated, moved back to New York. I went back to banking and then that was really like, the moment when I was the person who was the farthest away from what her skill set was possible. But like, I enjoyed that job, but that is not stuff I'm good at. So I got pregnant and I quit. And then I was home with children for a while and I didn't write anything until I was 37. So I am, I am the late start story and it's working out fine. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be going well. So you started with essays or what what happened? You wrote why? No, so, so I have this friend, Elizabeth Wolf, who had an idea. She said, it'd be interesting to write a book about positive thinking for teenagers. And I said, yes, that's interesting. And she called me all the time about it until we actually sat down and wrote it. So that was our first book. It was published by Simon & Schuster. It's called Click, The Girl's Guide to Knowing What You Want and Making It Happen. And that was super fun, but I always wanted to write fiction. So after that, I wrote A Girl Named Digit, um, which is a story of a teenage math genius who fights crime with the FBI, as you do. And then a sequel to that, Double Digit. And during that time, I started writing my column. And I think that writing my column was, I sort of found my grown-up voice and I became more comfortable talking. You know, there's a distance with YA. Like you can talk about, your 17-year-old self, because who cares? I think there's something a little more vulnerable when you're talking about what's actually happening to you as a wife and a mother and a person in the world. And I think that Nora came out of that. I think that I wrote enough of those essays that I I became ready to write about grown-up life. 
Wow. And how did you start the column? Like, what did you know at the beginning it was going to be a column? Did you start it as essays? Like, I feel like having a column anywhere is a dream for so many people. Like, how did you yeah, go about was, that? That was actually one of my little kid dreams. I had dreamed that I would just sit and just write stuff and people would read it. Um, and here we are. I was at a baseball game one day and this woman said, um, you know, the local paper is looking for a lifestyle column. And so I went home and I wrote a proposal, probably three pages about, you know, this, these are my ideas. These are my thoughts. These are my, and I sent it in and five seconds later, she said, sure, you're hired. Oh. It's actually not that hard to get that job. <laughs> I think, I think they were desperate. She, she didn't even know me. So I just got lucky starting to write for my local paper and I got my feet wet doing that. And then I started sending it to the week and then I sent it to the Huffington Post for a while. And then that got weird, but it, it appears in a bunch of places, but mostly it's on my website and in my local paper. Wow. And yeah. then did you write other novels that were not this and that are like in uh, somewhere? Yeah, no, I wrote a novel for like three years that was so boring and I was so bored writing it. And I'm always trying to pitch it to people like, isn't this a great idea? And everybody says, it's so boring. <laughs> and so it's time to let it go. <laughs> I'm not going to ever write it. And I, you know, that's, there's a lesson in that. Like, I, I just want to write something that's fun to write because then it's likely fun to read. I think that whatever you're putting into a page kind of comes across to the reader. So I'm going to stay away from that boring book. What was the boring book about? It's about this young girl who moves home and she has an affair with this guy and he turns up dead. Hmm. I know it doesn't sound boring, but it's boring. It it, okay. <laughs> it doesn't have legs. You're not going to read this book, Zibby. It's okay. I don't need to read the book. I've got plenty to read. It's fine. It's not coming to you. You sure do. It's fine. It's totally fine. I was just curious. I was really asking because I... I, there are so few people who just come out of the gate and write a great novel. Like, I feel like there are usually two practice novels kicking around. Like you need to go through the process of trying to write one before you can write a good one. Yeah, no, I think, I, I think that's true. And I've been writing a long time, you know, with, by taking a lot of breaks, but it just seems like this was the time for me to get this book out. Oh my gosh. So maybe we should talk about the book. I didn't even, <laughs> usually I start with like, tell listeners what this is about, but I was like so excited just to get going. Um, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about Nora Goes Off Script? So Nora is a romance channel screenwriter. So think the Hallmark Channel. And she ends up writing a more serious script about her divorce. And that gets picked up as a feature film and is filmed partially at her house. And she ends up falling in love with Leo, the man who plays her husband in the movie. So where did this idea come from? Was it just a stroke of inspiration one day? No, it was actually a bunch of different strokes of information that all kind of congealed in my head at the same time. In 2019, I was stuck in bed for a little bit and I just got hooked on the Hallmark Channel. And I, I know I'm not the only one. You know, you watch two hours, you just hang out in these like idyllic towns with these privately owned hardware stores and bakeries. And you just like one ends and then you watch another one and then you watch another one. And, and after, you know, three or four in a row, I was thinking, did I just see this one? Like <laughs> last time, I think she was like at a cupcake shop in Chicago. And this time she's in Akron with the ballet studio, but it's the same movie. And I just started getting so interested in, in like how you construct a film like this or for 20 minutes where to the exact minute you can predict when the guy's going to leave 
and go back to the city and then have a change of heart and come right back after the commercial break. And I started thinking about who writes these movies? Like, is this one really, you know, I started watching for the credits to see, like, is it a super romantic person who is just like, you know, pouring their heart out into them? Or is this all happening around a conference table in New Jersey where they're just like reverse engineering a story over and over again? So I thought a lot about that. And that's where Nora came from. She has, she spent 10 years supporting her shiftless husband and her two kids by writing these movies. And she writes with a little bit of detachment and a little bit of eye rolling because she's never really been in love. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to run her through that like lightning bolt, you know, toe curling romance and see how she would react and and process that. But wait, did you figure out the romance channel? Is it someone writing it or is it a people in New Jersey? It's all different people. It's It's all all different people, but they've got, they've got a structure. So Mm -hmm. you come and you take your story and that you lay it over this structure and PS, the structure works. They're great. They're so fun. It's so funny. I feel like the romance channel for grownups is like the American girl movies for girls. That is so true. Right? So true. I'm literally thinking like there's the bakery in Paris and there's the horse one and there's the gymnast one and there's, you know, it's like all, but they all like have the same thing. So you kind of know like. Yeah. Yeah. They all have the same thing. Yeah. It's like the same doll with different hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I, I think that's absolutely true. And there's a real fantasy that they're selling. You know, every single one of these women has a super lucrative career that started as a fun hobby. Yep. And she has a, she's a cupcake magnet. Right. You know, she just did <laughs> the fun thing and made it into this amazing career. My favorite is the custom wreath designer. Mm. Yep. She has a beautiful home. I just wonder how many wreaths she sells. It's a lot of wreaths. A lot of wreaths. <laughs> Why can you talk about why you were in bed for a while? Were you okay? Uh, I was, yeah, no, I was sick and had surgery and it was all it all ended well. Oh, okay. No big uh, deal. No big deal. All right. Okay. We can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life 360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use. So I got it. And now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you. And it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose a hundred times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus or when my husband gets to LA or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and it makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life 360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life 360. Visit life360.com 
or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. Okay, Leo. So who did you have in mind? Did you have anyone in mind or did he just come kind of fully formed too? Like where, like I've been trying to, people actually have been direct messaging me saying, who did you have in mind? Who, like, cause I had Bradley Cooper. Who did you, ha-? they said to me, like, oh. who did you have in mind? And I was like, no, a, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that. I heard Bradley Cooper. Yeah. That was not what I was thinking. What were yeah. you thinking? I don't Kyle. know. I didn't, I didn't have a, Kyle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't, somebody who, yeah. I mean, more like a dark, yeah, I guess actually more like now that I'm thinking about it, it is kind of like him in my brain, <laughs> like dark hair, kind of like stubble, like, but I didn't have a particular person. Maybe it's almost like, now I'm forgetting the guy's name. Do you remember that Jennifer Lopez movie with like the really beautiful man with like the strawberry and like, the, I think she, maybe the wedding planner. I, I have to look up this guy's name. He was. I think the wedding planner was Matthew McConaughey. No, then it wasn't that. It was some, I'm going to look it up. I can't remember his name but he has like these chiseled cheekbones and he's very like, you know, Mediterranean. Mm, I want to see this Blue movie. eyes. Anyway, I'll, I'll think of his name. Who did you have in mind? So I made him up and, but I, I can see him so clearly in my mind that if I saw him in a crowd, I would say, oh, there's Leo. I mean, he is, he's so real to me. But what I think is really interesting is one of my friends read this very early and she texts me and she said, okay, so he's Brad Pitt. And I was like, Brad Pitt's not, I mean, he's just not for me. Like, that's not my, my dream guy. And then I went back and I read, what, what was it that made her think he was Brad Pitt? I don't really describe him in the book. So yeah. I find that everybody's just bringing, I mean, he's tall and he has dark hair, but right. everybody's just bringing whatever their sort of daydream about this guy is. And I've honestly heard every everything. Huh. I literally so, wrote the person back and I said, no, I was picturing someone with dark hair. So maybe that's, maybe I actually, that's why. Yeah, no, this is like that, you know, design your own fantasy. That's, that's what it is. He's, he's whoever you make him. Yeah. Whoever you want to be. Yeah. Right. With the whole thing, like, <laughs> okay. And then Nora. So you talked a little about where she came from, from your own experience and essays and everything. I loved that she was so set in her structure. Like I really also related to that, like that everything was like set up so she didn't have to think about it. And this is what she did. And I loved even like the rituals of writing, how she would bring her pencils and light the fire. And like, she had her, like everything had to follow the same order. And that's the way it was until it just wasn't that way at all. Right. So, and I think a lot of people cope that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if you are fully responsible for an entire family and the well-being of everyone, you need you need support. And she didn't have any support. So she created her support by having this structure in her life. That's also my writing routine. So I just gave it to her. That I think that's where the similarities between Nora and me end. But I gave her my routine. I light a candle, I make the tea, I set the intention, and I, and I start. Wow. I was really motivated by that, to be honest. I was like, that doesn't sound so bad. 10 to 2. Like, I could, like, if I stopped everything else I was doing or whatever, but like, that, I don't know, it just seems like, okay, this is something people can do if this is their job, right? 10 to 2. Well, like, and still fit well, in. It's hard workout. to write four hours. It is. I mean, it's, if you write for four hours a day, you're really writing. I mean, that is, that is fantastic. 
And if you told somebody, you said, I only work four hours a day, they'd think, what, what is this, a hobby? But writing, I don't, I don't know, writing for me for four hours is like, I'll get a lot done. I don't need to write yeah. for eight. I couldn't write for eight hours. Yeah. I had one day where I was editing what became bookends and I posted somewhere. I was like, oh my God, I just spent nine hours in this manuscript. Like it was a Saturday and I had to do all this editing and, and so many people are back and they're like, yeah, welcome to the writing world or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, do you do this all day, every day? Like, I can't, I can't do that. I need like more things. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. But did it feel good to, to dive in for that long? Or it did. did. It yeah. No, it was so productive. I got so much done. Yeah. It was great. I felt like it was like a puzzle because books are so long. Like the essay form is so, it's so easy for me to like move things around, like, you know, all that stuff. But a book, it's like, well, I don't know. It's so expansive. It's like trying to wrestle like the snake back into that box, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. no, I feel back. the same way. And I actually, I will write an essay if I'm getting just really bogged down just to have that sense of completion, because it's very easy to get lost in a novel. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, it it can be overwhelming. So I need you to give me your tips for real, because I am actually writing a novel now. And are you really, I am. Yes. And I am having a lot of fun with it. And that was literally my goal. When I started, I was like, I'm just going to do this for fun. Like, if it's like, I don't have time for anything that's not super fun. This is going to be like my break from everything. So if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. But it is overwhelming to like, keep going back. Like, I don't, how do you stay focused? How do you like, and I was trying to analyze what it is you did that was so effective, right? Was it this, the buildup? Was it the twists and turns? Was it the dialogue? And was it like, I don't, there were so many things that I felt like made your novel work so well, just from a structure standpoint. But did you know that going in or did it just kind of come out as you wrote it? Like, how did that all happen? I wish I knew. I, thank you. I do something that's very time consuming that is, I'm really not sure I would recommend to anybody, but I have to start at the beginning. Like if I'm, if I'm writing page 70, it really helps if I read the first 70 pages because you're not, you're not creating a situation. The, the, the novel is not about the situation. The novel is about how the people are responding to the situation. Mm-hmm. So you need to be in your protagonist's head. And for me to really understand the way you understand how she's feeling, I often, I mean, this just like talk about inefficient. I would read the whole thing. Say, oh, now she's falling in love and now this is happening. And oh, but now this happened. And now I can feel what her reaction is because I'm in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very time consuming. And if you write every day and if you write for long enough, it all stays in your head. Mm -hmm. If you're writing a novel and you take a week off, you might as well just start again. Yeah. So you have to keep the feeling going. And as long as the feeling is going, then you know what the next thing is. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Can you say anything about the novel you're writing or is this? Soon I can, but not yet. I cannot wait to hear. It's so exciting. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I've taken a really long time off and maybe that's why I'm scared to go back. (laughs) It's been like a month and I'm like, now I can't even open the document. But sometimes you go back and it's better than you thought. Oh, well, that's good. And sometimes you go back. I, this happens to me all the time where I'll go back and read something that I wrote. And I'm like, oh, I never saw that coming. Like as if I don't remember writing it. Yeah. So sometimes it's nice in a drawer. Wow. You said to Kyle when he went to your event at Diesel that you like to get to know your characters, or maybe you said this in your speech, so so well that you know what 
how they would handle having their heart broken. Except I think you said it better than that. Probably not. <laughs> I love that. How how do you get to know the characters so well? Or is it just part of that magic of novel writing? Like, did you ever, did, at the beginning, and I'm sorry to ask so many like craft-related things, but like at the beginning with Nora, were you like, okay, like this is what she's going to wear? Because I can picture her room. I can picture her clothes and her jammies and like being under the blanket on the porch. Like, did you set out and say, these are the things about her or, or did it just all come to you as you went? Well, I, I had, I had a situation, right? This is a single mother who's writing these romances to support her family. And she's got, she's got to really, she's got to make this work and she is not going to be fussy as a result. Right. Mm-hmm. She probably has, you know, she puts on her morning sweater. She doesn't yeah. have a lot. Of I loved that. The morning sweater. I was like, I need a morning sweater. That is such <laughs> a great term. I love that. It's the only way, you know, it's morning. So I, you know, I started with her circumstances and I really didn't get to know her until I was halfway through the story. Huh. So I had her as a practical person and a person who was, you know, hanging on and, and really, she's really quite competent. Actually. I was so yes. impressed by the way she pulled a lot of stuff off. But no, I got to know her. And as I got to know her and she started telling me the story about her divorce, then I, you know, I sort of understood that she has these abandonment concerns. And so what would be the best way to break her heart? Mm -hmm. Maybe she would be abandoned. But I don't, you know, I used to teach novel writing uh, at Sarah Lawrence College. And there were all these exercises we do, you know, what's in your protagonist's purse? And do they have a Mac or a PC? You know, all these questions that you should know about your protagonist, that actually doesn't work for me. It, it, for me, I have, to, I have to just start writing. And I know that's not the most efficient way to do it, but I don't get ideas unless I'm typing. So that's how I got to know her was by writing about her. Wow. So how, how long during the pandemic did it take for like the first draft of this to come out? Just wondering. The first draft of this, I probably it was only about three months Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, my children were sleeping till noon every day and I was getting up at four. I mean, I was really writing a lot and I had nothing else to do. So, and the first draft of this book was only like 30,000 words. And so I started trying to convince my writing friends that that was a book. And they all said, that's not a book. You can't have a book that's 30,000 words. And so then I ordered the Bridges of Madison County on on Amazon and I'm like, this is 30,000 words, people. Is it really? It really is. It's 30,000 words. No way. Oh my gosh. Yes. No one would buy it. And so I, I have a tendency when I write to leave the room too quickly, like something happens and then the next thing happens. So I went back and I sat in the room with Leo and Nora with the kids for, and I added, I doubled the size of the book just by dwell. Cause I think at the first draft, it was just a series of things that happened. Mm -hmm. And then it became a, an actual full-size book. Wow. So amazing. What now, like, what are you most excited about when you're doing all these events and having this whole like groundswell of support and people coming? And like I saw in your, I'm like, that's so great. Look at her whole town, like showed up for it. And something that like what happened to Nora, right? I feel like it's just so great if Nora were to write an actual book. But anyway, how is it, how does this whole thing feel after, you know, suffering through banking and 
all this stuff and coming here? Like, what is it like now? It is, I, I, I can't, I don't know if I could actually describe it. It's like my actual dream come true. You know, people say, oh, it's a dream come true. This was my dream when I was like a little child. And frankly, when I was a little kid, I used to read those Penguin Classics books, you know, the little thin paperbacks. And there was a penguin on the back and I would run my finger over it. And I would dream of writing a book with a penguin on the back. And now here's my book and it has a penguin on the back. I mean, just, it is an actual dream come true. And yesterday, you know, I saw my book in the airport when I was leaving LA. It's just, it's really amazing. And it's amazing to see how excited people get for you. Yeah. You know, it it reminds me that we need to like show up and be enthusiastic for people when they're trying to do whatever it is that they're trying to do. Cause it just feels really good. Sometimes I'm like, when people accomplish something in other jobs, like nobody is cheering for them. You know, like when you write your book, at least you get a moment where you're like, you get a pub day. Like, how great is that? Like everyone you've known your whole life is like, congrats. Like when you're, I don't know. I mean, I guess when you're an architect, maybe like the house goes up and you have that moment where the client sees it and you see it, but like they're, I don't know. I feel like having this creative job that is so, and writing and reading, it's such a community thing, like that everybody gets invested in it, you know? So personal. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the difference. If you, you know, you're a banker and you close a deal, great. But this is like, I showed you who I was and you accepted it. I mean, it's, it's very personal. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's really amazing. Okay, so what what next? What are you doing next? Are you going to write another novel? Did you already write a novel? Yes. Yes. I am finishing in the next 10 days. I think that's the deadline we agreed on. And it is a novel. It takes place in Long Island. And it's another love story. And I'm also having a really fun time with it. So I'm not bored. Good. So hooray. Hooray. Amazing. What advice would you have for aspiring authors? I would say keep going. And I, you know, I, I just don't think that everybody, you know, rushes out of the gate, writes their first thing and it's a hit. And if you are trying to get something published and it's not getting published, that's just because it's not the right thing at the right time. I, you know, if I was to go back to, you know, give advice to my younger self, I wouldn't change anything. Like everything that I've done has added up to this wonderful thing happening so you just have to keep writing. But I, I think that's part of the problem is that if, if you're not feeling success, you'll stop writing. And, you know, it's it's a muscle. You know, it's like running. Writing really is like running. You know, the, the more you do it, the easier it is. And then you start, you know, craving it the first thing when you wake up. Not always. But so I would just, you know, say keep going. And it's, you know, it's not too late. Awesome. By the way, Lizzie has texted me because I texted her as soon as we got on the phone. This is our mutual friend, uh, Lizzie Friedman. And she was the one, I'm the one who told you to read her book. So anyway, she sends her love. (laughs) Thank you for the PR there, Lizzie. (laughs) So it was all because of her. Anyway. All right. Thank you. I was just, again, I, I just loved it. I really did. I'm so, it's so nice that there's the book out there and everybody's reading it and are all feeling equally sort of obsessed with these characters and the story and everything. So thank you. It just means the world to me. Thank you so much, Zibby. Okay. All right, Annabelle. Hope to see you soon. I'll see you at the summer. I'm sure. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 